Have you ever wanted to get inside the mind of an atheist? Like you want to get behind the facade, beyond the facade, that which they present to you? That's like reading their Twitter stream as they share their thoughts, but that's just the that's just the facade that they present. That's their public representative, as I like to say. But have you ever thought about what they really think, what is going on behind the wall, their truest thoughts? I want to share one person's true, most authentic thoughts with you. I was reading this article from the New York Times Magazine. It was titled, Coveting Luke's Faith. It's about a mama, a mother, talking about her son, who apparently is a believer, and how perplexing that is to her. She is a practicing atheist, and she gives us excellent insight as she's rearing her son, Luke, who is not embracing her atheistic faith. You could say that she's open but cautious as she strains to understand what is happening with her son. I'm going to give you a short snippet uh, from the article from the New York Times Magazine. I do have a link here if you want to read the whole thing. To me, it's fascinating, but that's how I am. I am fascinated by people. People have always intrigued me for as long as I can remember. I've always been curious about humanity, psychology, why we do what we do, what motivates us, and the results of our motivations, our thoughts, and our actions, and how it impacts lives. And I suppose that's one of the reasons why I do what I do, because this is my fascination If you are doing the thing that you're fascinated about, you are content and you are happy, and and I'm doing the very thing that fascinates me, studying the mind of humanity, and of course, how we can bring God's Word to bear on our fallen minds and our lives so that we can be restored for our good and for His fame. And so I was reading this article, it's like, wow, this is beyond the Twitter stream, this is behind the curtain of the Facebook post of the angry atheists. Not saying that all atheists are angry, but sometimes we read those as they are spouting off whatever they believe, but we don't know the real person inside, the person behind the barrier, even though the Bible does give us insight into their lives because the Bible gives us insight into all of our lives. And at the end of the day, the atheist is no different from us. We were atheists once upon a time in the sense that we were rejecting God. We were alienated from God. We were outside the faith, whether we believed or didn't believe in a God, whatever that meant in our unregenerate state. We were functionally atheists, no, no doubt. But here is one that is being more vulnerable, and her perspective reminded me of of what others can see in Christians. And so what we're doing, or what I want to do here, is is sharing with you what she sees in us, what she sees in Christianity. So it's like crawling inside the atheistic mind and looking through her windows, looking through her eyeballs at a Christian. In this case, it's, it's her son, Luke, and she is open and honest about her thoughts. And, and I, this is instructive because, again, you really don't typically get beyond the facade and the defiance and the hostility toward those who reject the message of Christ. But for whatever reason, she's being open and vulnerable. And I think it would be instructive for us just to hear her thoughts. Again, this is a short 
podcast, 15 minutes. I don't want to spend long with it, but I hope that it will tease you that you would not only read about this lady and her son and her husband, but maybe even pray for them, but also as you think about other people, because sometimes we can get caught up in the facade that we see, their presentation, what, what we are observing on the outside, and don't realize that there is a vulnerable, broken soul behind what could be an angry or hostile facade, or whatever the facade may be, and and we forget this, and then we start interacting with them based on what we see rather than having a deeper discernment. There is a broken, fallen, dead person, unregenerate person on, on the other side of the barrier. If you want to talk about this podcast or any other thing that's on your mind, I would encourage you to come to our website. We have two forum opportunities for you. We have a free community forum that you're welcome to jump on and ask your question. I've been doing that all day today. Literally, for the last four hours, I have been interacting with with forum requests, and they have been significant. I mean, the problems today that have come to us have been big, and that's why big issues, big problems, big entanglements, and it's taken a lot of time to, you don't want to do that quickly and, and flippantly, and so it's taken a lot of time to navigate through these intricate problems that people are presenting to us, and you're welcome to do that too, problems big or small. We have a free community forum for you. It is what we do, and if you don't let us do what we do, it will be because you don't come and you don't ask for help. Now, we also have a supporting member forum, and I would love for you to be on that team, that you support us so that we can continue to devote long hours to helping people because it is the supporters that underwrite the ministry. And so the way I would say it, if you have benefited from this ministry, will you will you help support so that we can continue to do what we do? What do we do? Let me give you five words that will explain what we do. Engage, envision, equip, export, and exalt. In those in that order, in that sequence. We engage people. We are penetrating communities. We are penetrating people around the globe every day. Individual lives being intrusive, as intrusive as they will let us. But we are engaging people, word number one. Number two, we are envisioning. We want to engage people so we can envision them about Christ's message. His great commission is to teach Teach them all that I have taught you. And so we want to take the things that God has taught us engage people and to envision them in this big wonderful world of discipleship and then number three the third word is equip as we engage we envision we equip others and then the fourth word is to export we want them to export the things that you have learned among many witnesses as paul told his protege timothy i want you to teach others also Paul was imitating the Great Commission, and he was, he was envisioning Timothy to do the same thing, to create a downline, to export what you are learning. As we tell our students in our mastermind program, the end result for any counselee is never to get 
better. That's only a half. That's only half of the equation. You want to get better, but you want to go all the way. And to go all the way is not just to get better, but to go and make disciples. And so we engage people to envision them, to equip them, so they can export the things that they have learned to others. And then the fifth word is exalt so that the name of Christ may be exalted in your lives and the lives of your friends. And so that is a succinct way of communicating what we do. And if you would like to partner with us, please do that. Now, what I want to do is I want to pull back the curtain. I want to talk about my atheist this atheist lady who wrote into the New York Times Magazine, again, the title of it that's linked here in this podcast, Coveting Luke's Faith. By the way, I am Rick Thomas. I'm not sure if I said that or not. And then the title of this article is, I am unable to believe God. That's the article on our website. I've titled this article, I am unable to believe God. So if you want to read what I am sharing with you, you can go to that article, I am unable to believe God. And that's where you will find the link to the New York Times Magazine article, Coveting Luke's Faith. Here's what the lady said. She said, quote, I am unable to believe in God. Now, that's an interesting statement right up front. Of course she is unable. None of us are able to believe God. Only if God grants repentance can we believe Him. I am unable to believe in God. Most of the other atheists I know seem to feel freed or proud of their unbelief, as if they've cleverly refused to be sold the snake oil. And this is what I was saying earlier, that all of that's a facade, by the way. Now, perhaps they have hardened their conscience in such a way that, that they have layered their conscience, their internal moral thermostat, to where they're desensitized to such a degree that they can't perceive how uh, they're living hypocritically, that they have muted that inner voice, as Paul talked about in Romans chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, that the Gentiles who do not have the law do the things that are contained in the law, and so even the atheist has a hidden morality. But perhaps, as this lady is suggesting, some of her atheists, the atheists I, the atheists I know seem to feel freed or proud of their unbelief as if they have cleverly refused to be sold the snake oil. Well, her conscience is bothering her. She says, but over the years I've come to feel I'm missing out. Could it be that, that the Lord is drawing her? To himself. She says, My friends and relatives who rely on God, the real believers, not just the churchgoers, have an expansiveness of spirit. I love that phrase. And we do. The atheist is correct. We have an expansiveness of spirit. Listen how she describes that expansiveness of spirit. She says, When they walk along a stream, they don't just see water falling over rocks. The sight fills them with ecstasy. They see a realm of hope beyond this world. I just see a babbling brook. I don't get the message. Wow, that is so good. 
what she's saying here is what Paul said in the Corinthians uh, Corinthian letter that the natural person does not receive the things of the Spirit of God because they are spiritually discerned. Two people standing by a brook and they're watching the water falling over the rocks. One, it fills with ecstasy because they give glory to God and they see their great Creator God and the intricacies of His creation. But then we have this other person looking at the same babbling brook and I don't get it. I don't get the message, she says. And she continues to say, my husband was reared in a devout Catholic family and served as an altar boy as is also firmly grounded on this earth. He doesn't even have the desire to believe. So other than baptizing our son to reassure our families, we skated over the issue of faith. I assumed that we had stranded our four-year-old son, Luke, in the same spiritually arid place we found ourselves in. Let that statement bring hope to your life for all you worrisome parents who you feel like you've done everything right, but your child is, is not embracing your Christianity. Be encouraged. They skated over the issues of faith, and they assumed they stranded their son in the same spiritually arid place. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw Luke steeple his fingers and bow his head for a split second. Surprised, I said, sweetheart, what are you doing? He wouldn't tell me, but a few minutes later, he did it again. I said, you don't have to tell me, but if you want to, I'm listening. Finally, he confessed. I was saying a little prayer for my daddy. Her husband and Luke's daddy was in war, in a war zone. That's wonderful, Luke, I murmured abashed that we or our modern world somehow made him embarrassed to pray for his father in his home. It was as if that mustard seed of faith had found its way into our son and now he was revealing that he could move mountains, not in a church or as we gazed at the stars, but while we channel surfed as they were watching TV. I was envious of him. Luke wasn't rattled because he believed that God would bring his father home safely. I was the only one stranded. This is a partial commentary from an article in New York Times Magazine titled, Coveting Luke's Faith. I would encourage you to read it. Pray for this lady. Pray for Luke. Pray for her husband. Ask the Lord to give us insight into people's lives so that we can help them. If you ever want to talk about this or something else, come to our site. We would love to talk. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.